When is the right time to take your tree down? We took our tree down this morning. I got up and I had some coffee. I looked at the tree and I said, it's coming down. So I got the ornament box out of the basement and I took it all down. The tree was dead AF. Seriously, I don't think we've watered the tree since maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. We kind of gave up on it. And uh, the tree survived a lot. It survived being tipped over because I hung too many ornaments on the room side of the tree and it was already slanted in. I propped it up with a 40 pound dumbbell and it seemed to probably do okay. It did do okay. And uh, right now it is uh, out in the backyard uh, waiting for the garbage men to come by and pick it up. So when do you take your tree down? This is not important. This is not important. Nothing about this podcast is important. What is what I'm doing is I haven't done a podcast in a long time, and I realize what a privilege it is to do a podcast because anybody can do a podcast, but my privilege is that I have an actual audience because I'm on the radio. I'm on a big, powerful radio station where I can talk about my podcast, and therefore, I have listeners. But I also wanted to do a podcast because I got this brand new soundboard that's super cool that even has its own onboard music buttons and touchpads and things like this. Check this out. So I can have people laugh in the background by touching the yellow one, or there's the applause, and I can stop it just like that. Then I think here, uh, I have that sound, and then I have, I think, a rim shot here. Yeah, so if I say something super funny, then I have that sound, and then I have... Kind of like a Twilight Zony Jeopardy kind of a thing, and I can fade it up and down. But the cool thing is, I can load these buttons with all kinds of different sounds. So this will, at least for a while, be the theme song of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Here we go. And see, I can play that music for a little bit, then I can actually fade it down with an actual fader instead of doing it on my computer, which is always kind of a pain in the neck. So I just turn it all the way down like that, or I can turn it back up, or I can turn it down or turn it up and stop it. Okay, now I'm going to stop playing with the toys here because that probably doesn't interest you that much. I will say, if you're listening to this podcast now, you must have listened to the podcast before, and I really appreciate you coming back and giving it a shot because I have not done a podcast since probably March or so, and I was doing the radio war stories, and those were a lot of fun, and I talked to everybody from Fallon to um, Bobby Bones to a lot of radio friends of mine and uh, heard their radio war stories, and that was kind of fun, but I guess like a lot of things that we've done in the last few years, we just kind of got burnt out. People are burnt out on things. People are burnt out on their job. People are burnt out on their hobbies. Probably people are burnt out definitely on COVID and vaccines and people are burnt out on all kinds of different things. We've just gotten burnt out a lot in 2020 and 2021. So I kind of got burnt out on doing the podcast. But then I, like I said, I wanted to test this new equipment, but I also realized what a privilege it is to do a podcast and have an audience. I read somewhere that most podcasts guess how many episodes the majority of podcasts lasts. So let's say your neighbor starts a podcast or you and your partner start a podcast. What is the average length of a new podcast? How many episodes? The answer is one, one episode. And I think because people go, well, I didn't get a whole lot of likes or I didn't get a whole lot of listens on that one. So, you know, it was a lot of trouble. The funny thing is anybody can do a podcast now, and I think they're so simple now, you can actually do them with the microphone on your phone. You don't need a big elaborate setup like I have over here where I can do things like that. But 
the purpose of the podcast is to kind of go over things that I've learned and go over some things that that I want to help you with and that you can get back to me on and um, and and of course test the equipment. But I'm going to start off with one that was so simple. My book is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And it's loaded with things that I've learned over my life, like um, uh, shovel an old people, an old neighbor's lawn, yawn. Don't shovel their lawn, shovel their walk, um, uh, because they probably don't want to shovel it as hard on them. Stop at kids' lemonade stands. I've had so many people every summer message me and say, I just stopped at a kid's lemonade stand. It makes their day. And they love it. So I always say, stop at lemonade stands. Uh, send thank you cards. Nobody does anymore. Um, and some people say, oh, you're old fashioned. You're a boomer by sending a thank you card. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe. But I think even a millennial or a Gen Z would probably look at a thank you card and go, wow, that was nice that they sent that. Even though I know a lot of people don't anymore. So I'm working on a brand new book. And it's amazing how many of these come to me like boom, 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 like Oh, that's a really good one. I got to write that down. So I use my voice recorder section of my phone and um, I've actually got it on my Apple Watch. I've got it right there on the face. It's that little waveform. You tap it, you record a voice memo, and now whatever it was you had a great idea or whatever great idea you had, now you don't forget it. I use it all the time and I've come up with a bunch of these. Here is probably my most recent one. A friend of mine was getting married and they asked me to perform their, their ceremony, shout out Debbie and Joe. And so, because I can do marriages and weddings and things like that, and it's a lot of fun, um, but, but when I do it, I do try to be respectful of the couple and get to know a little bit about them so I can customize this, the ceremony to them. And so I say, give me some stories that I can tell about you too. Give me, tell me how you met and what you liked about each other. And maybe some funny stories about your first date or how something went wrong or whatever it was. And so uh, Debbie and Joe and I went to, where'd we go? We went to wildfire and we had some drinks and dinner and I got some stories. And then I met with Debbie again the day before her wedding to kind of finalize everything. We're at Caribou over in St. Louis Park. And I'm like, okay, well, good. That kind of wraps it up. I mean, that sounds good. I guess I'll see you tomorrow. She's like, yeah, okay, well, let's go. And she's like, oh, let me stop into the bathroom really quick. My mom always, no, my grandma always told me, always use the bathroom, always use the bathroom. And she walked into the bathroom and I stood out there waiting for her. And I thought, what did she mean by always use the bathroom? And when she came back outside, I said, Debbie, what did your grandma mean when she said, always use the bathroom? And she said, well, use the bathroom because if you don't and you get in the car and then you have to go, you missed your chance. I'm like, that's great. So I went and used the bathroom. So there's what we're going to start off with. Always use the bathroom because we've all been there before. We've all been there where it's like we're leaving from the mall or we're leaving from work or we're leaving from the airport to come home. And we have to pee a little bit, but not that bad. By the time we get there, good Lord, the floodgates are ready to the dam is ready to break. So use the bathroom. Thank you, Debbie's grandma. It goes back to, again, one of the things that I love to tell people, and I just love it so much, talk to old people. And this goes way back to my, to my first book, my only book, um, talk to old people. All you really got to ask them is like, so are you from around here? They're usually from around here. If they're not, they've probably been there for a while. But you can always ask about, oh, but you've seen a lot of changes back then. What have you seen change around here? Oh, then stand back. So that's one of my favorites. I'm going to scroll through some of these that I've highlighted here because I get just a mishmash of different things that is like, oh, I got to put this in my next book. Um, I had a broadcasting teacher named Don Dexter. 
and I've talked about him before. I don't know that I've brought him up on the podcast before, but other than my dad, he was the biggest influence on my life. He absolutely changed my life. I was 16 or 17 years old. I would go to high school during the morning for an hour. Then I'd get on the bus and go to Pikes Peak Community College, and Don Dexter was my main broadcast instructor. And on day two or three, I was messing around like I always did with my buddies because I had some buddies in that class. My primary goal was to make my friends laugh and entertain us. He made me stay after class along with some of my buddies. And he said something like, this is high school. This is real life. You guys got to get it together. You're wasting your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. This is real life. And I don't remember exactly what he said. But from that moment on, I straightened up. I focused and he believed in me. And he made radio a realistic goal for me. And I'm a way better person and way more of a professional because of this teacher. And I called him about five, 10 years ago. I found him. I tracked him down. He was like 80 years old, still teaching broadcasting, like one of those um, uh, that kind of teach when they can um, in Denver somewhere. And, uh, and I got to thank him. And he said, I remember you. He says, I don't remember everybody, but I remember you. And I believe him because how could he not remember somebody who he had such an effect on? I mean, that's not an ego thing for me, but I was, I was, I did so well in that class and I went from being the class idiot to being the teacher's pet. So I hope he does remember me. And I'm really glad I got to thank him before it was too late because he died. I saw his obituary a couple of years ago. So one of my points is thank your influences and especially your parents before it's too late because one way one day it will be too late and you never know when too late will be it might be tomorrow and you didn't get to thank them and you're going to wish you'll never regret there's certain things you'll never regret doing like a couple of weeks ago i i don't go out i don't go out but um uh, jason matheson from my talk and the jason show he was opening up a bar or reopening up a bar and he invited me and i don't get invited places and i don't go places really i'm very content staying in the neighborhood. So he said, Hey, I'd love to have you there. I'm like, you bet I'm going to go. And the night rolled around Saturday night rolled around. And there was a tiny part of me that's that wanted to just stay home and just not go. But I said, I know that I will regret not going, but I'll never regret going. I'll never regret going yesterday car or two days ago, Carson and I have a tradition on Christmas Eve we go snowboarding and we've only missed a couple of years in the last 10 or 15 years. We go snowboarding. And so we go to Highland and, and it was kind of inconvenient because we had a busy day and it was Christmas Eve. We had a lot of stuff going on. And I said, we're just going to go for an hour. He's like, yeah, you know, we don't have to go. And I said, no, we got to go. If we don't go, we'll regret it, but we will never regret going. We'll never regret going. And we got in the car and we went snowboarding and we were out for an hour and a half. And on the last, we were on the chairlift on the way up. I said, you want to do one more run after this or you want to do two more runs? He's like, let's do one more. I said, let's do two more. He's like, okay. Because we'd never regret doing two more runs. I think there's certain things. Remember that. You'll never regret certain things, but you might regret not doing them. Something else kind of keep in mind. Okay, I'm going to scroll down a little bit more. Find another little nugget. Uh, so... Um, one of the, the things that recurring theme in my life has been my friend Brentley. And Brentley is like my closest friend. Long story. We've known each other since we were in our 20s and we were tight like brothers for a long time. Then he got we got we got an argument because he wanted more of my time 
when he wanted it than I was willing to give up. So Brentley would call me, and it was like he had this radar that could tell when I was busy, he would call. He called one time when I was doing a wedding rehearsal, right in the middle of it. He called another time when I was getting off the bus at Boy Scout camp, and it was orientation calls. I said, I can't talk right now. And he's like, you can never talk, and he'd get pissed, and he'd hang up. And it happened again and again because I'm always busy doing something. Probably I think it's more important than it is. And so he finally said, you're a terrible friend. Screw you. I'm not putting up with this anymore. And I didn't talk to Brentley for about two years. About three weeks ago, I texted him and I said, hey, still love you. Give me a call when you get a chance. Next day he called me and we talked. And I don't know that things are ever going to be back to normal. But my point was make up with that old friend you had a fight with. Uh, there's a reason they were such a good friend. And you know what? I know there's exceptions. I know sometimes that friendship can never be mended. But if it can, maybe it's worth making a call. Uh, another one I wrote down, this is one that I've probably brought up and you've heard me bring it up on the show. When we were in Boy Scout camp in 2017, we were in New Mexico. And if you've heard this story, you know exactly where I'm going. And I love this lesson. We hiked for 11 days with a 40-pound backpack on with our food and our tent and our water. And uh, we, you know, we'd stop every couple of days and, and resupply. And we could get fresh water usually whenever we wanted it. And, uh, but it was rough. And it was in the mountains. And we'd go up and down on these freaking Boy Scouts. They had a choice. They could choose the easiest one, which was ranked number one, the easiest, all the way to number 35, which was the most difficult. These boys chose, I think, number 32. So almost the most difficult route we could take. And it was tough. But we had trained for it, so it wasn't that hard. But I, when you're hiking in the mountains, you look up ahead of you, and you're going uphill, and you say, good God, how long did this hill go on? And sometimes you can see the top of the hill, but when you get to it, it's what we call a false summit, where you think you're going to get to the top of the hill, and you get to the top, and ah. Uh, you're only part way up the hill. You couldn't see the rest of the hill. So then you keep going and now maybe there's another false summit. And I said to myself, God, these hills can't go up forever. And I realized that's true. And it's kind of a metaphor for things in life. Hills can't always go up forever. If there's a rough spot in your life, your job's not going well, or your relationship's not going well, or you have one run of bad luck, you get in a car accident, uh, followed by um, uh, your dog runs away, followed by you need a new furnace, followed by your mom gets sick. I mean, it's like, good God, when will it stop? Just remember, no hill goes up forever. And I got such a nice note from a listener. She actually found a picture of the famous mountain at that Boy Scout camp. It's called the Tooth of Time, and it's huge, and it's enormous and it's impressive. This rock that juts out and it kind of looks like a tooth coming out of the mountain. She found a picture of that and she wrote a caption on it that said, no hill goes up forever. And she sent me a card and she said, I heard you say that on the radio. And that has been a factor in my life ever since then because I've had some rough times. But when you realize no hill goes up forever and you shared that, I then realized that too. So I will share that with you. No hill goes up forever. All right, we're going to try something here with the equipment. I'm going to make a phone call and uh, give me one second while I tinker with things because this board lets me make a phone call. So I'm going to call my wife really quick here and see if I can get the phone to come up here. Oh, look at that. I think it might work. 
Hello. Hey, I'm doing the podcast right now. And um, so people are listening to you. What was the most unusual present that you got for Christmas from me? Um, it would be the wick cutter for candles. Okay, tell me about the wick cutter. The wick cutter is basically, that's exactly what it sounds like. It, it's, it cuts wicks. So, and this was an idea from Fallon. But, but let's, let's keep going. What was something else you were using it just 15 or 20 minutes ago, the unusual gift that I got you, and you were kind of like rolling your eyes at it? It was actually, I posted it on uh, my Instagram. It is a broom that actually is an electric broom that after you sweep up your little pile of dirt, it then sucks it up inside the broom. It's called a vabroom, right? Vabroom. V-A broom. Vabrooma. And yep. I saw it online in a catalog and I thought, well, you know, you're not supposed to get people like any cleaning, things like that. But I thought I can use it too because we clean things up around here. Um, uh, but did you get, did I get you anything decent for Christmas? You did. Um, you got uh, me some perfume. Uh-huh. Awesome. Uh-huh. Um, then you got me this uh, neck and head massager. Okay. Have you tried uh, that out yet? That came in the mail today. It came late, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I am actually getting ready to try it out. Okay. Okay, good. And, yeah. and then I got you another, like a car vacuum cleaner. So that was kind of sweet. Yeah, that was really romantic. Yeah. When I realized I got you two vacuum cleaners, I was like, uh, that probably wasn't so good. Um, yeah. uh, I got throwing knives. So thanks for the throwing knives. And then I also got the, um, and that, the intention of practicing so you can throw them at me. Or what? Um, no, I would just kill you. I mean, I got so <laughs> many guns around the house. I wouldn't need, cause you know what I'd probably miss with the throwing knife and then you could get away and you could pick it up and throw it back at me. So no, if I was going to kill you, I'd use a much more effective method yeah. that doesn't take any talent or skills. So, okay. Well, the main reason I was calling you was to ch check out to make sure that, um, that this, new board will let me take phone calls because oh. you know eventually I can stop going into the radio station and I can just do like like an online radio show here in the basement and then I don't yeah. have to go in anymore and I can take phone calls and just sit here and do this for like four hours every morning what do you think I'm all for it okay I'm all for it. okay all right I'll let you go I'll talk to you in a little bit okay okay bye. Bye. okay so and that worked so this is so cool <laughs> And I just love this little gizmo here. Okay, so we're going to go on a little bit as the laughter dies away. Okay, laughter, go away. Is it done? Okay. Uh, and with a couple more little tidbits uh, from the upcoming book. Let me see if I have one more. Okay, here's one. There's a woman named Hannah, and I don't know her well, but she sometimes appears on a KFAN and because KFAN and KWB and Cities and Cool 108 and K102 and News Talk are all in the same building, I ride up on the elevator sometimes with Chris Carr or sometimes Meat Sauce or Chris Hockey, and, um, and I see him in the hallway. And so I was riding up on the elevator a year or so ago with a woman named Hannah. I don't know really anything about Hannah except that she is very nice. And I was riding on the elevator and she said something like, oh, it's my birthday today. And I said, oh, how old are you? And I don't remember how old she said she was, but let's say she said she was 30. And I don't remember if she was 30 or 32 or 25. I really don't. I don't. 
Um, but she's quite young. And at any age, no matter when you get to it, you've always looked up to that age. So if you're 18, 21 seems old to you because you've always looked up to that age. When you're 25, 35 seems really old to you because you've always looked up to that age. So when you finally get to that age, you feel old as balls. So how old are you turning, Hannah? And she's like, oh, I'm turning 30. And I'm like, oh, wow. I said, you know, she said something like, do you have any advice or something like that? And I said, you know, you're a lot younger than you think you are. You really are. And I told her the story about the girlfriend that I had when she turned 25 and she was in tears because she was so old. She was 25 years old. She couldn't believe how old she was. That same woman now is about 57 years old and I'm sure she would laugh. Wait, I should get that. I'm sure she would laugh. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, at her attitude then. So I told Hannah, I said, you're a lot younger than you think you are. So at 25 or 30 years old, you might think you're old, but you're a lot younger than you think you are. So don't get into this I'm old thing. As a matter of fact, I think we all get to an age where we kind of stop aging mentally. For me, I was about 26 and I decided that's about as old as I'm ever going to feel. And I didn't consciously decide, consciously decide that. I just, I don't think I ever felt like I was ever going to be older than 26. And I'm a long way from 26 now. But I still have to remind myself sometimes in certain situations that I'm not 26 anymore. And I still do things that a 26-year-old could get away with, but somebody my age probably shouldn't have an electric skateboard and maybe shouldn't go snowboarding and shouldn't do this and shouldn't have a Nintendo Switch. Fuck all that. If that's how you feel, it's okay. I don't think you always want to dress like you're 26 years old. If you're 56 or 46 years old, you might look a little bit silly. <laughs> Although, let me tell you, I know some people who still do. And I'm not going to give any hints at all because they might listen to this podcast. But I know some people who are my age and they still dress like a 26 year old. And it's like, wow, I know it sucks to get older, but you really look kind of silly. OK, I'm not going to be judgy. Let's move on. Here's a good one for you. Here's a deep, deep, deep one. You ready? Here it comes. If you can't imagine holding their hand on their on your deathbed, they might not be the right one. What? Let's go back over that one. If you can't imagine holding their hand on your deathbed, they might not be the right one. Hey, one day, we're all going to be in the hospital with some horrible form of trichomonosis, and we're all going to die. And as we're dying, is the person you're with right now the one that you want to be holding your hand while you go through that? I don't know. I think it's a good, it's a good question to ask. It's super deep, and I don't want to get too into it. But I wrote that down because I thought that was really interesting. The, some, for some people, the answer is absolutely. And for other people, the answer is abs absolutely not. So I think we have one more. Let me scroll here for one second. Oh, let's see. Maybe two more. Okay. Um, okay. This has been, again, something that has come up before that Fallon and I have discussed on the show. And that is if you see us up at Cub and you want to come up at Cub and say hi, Good God, come up and say hi to us at Cub. And if you want us to like, you know, like get a selfie with you while we're at Mall of America, I mean, come on up. I don't care. I'm flattered that you listen. I think the limit is with I'm when I'm with my, like, you know, with a, just my wife or when I'm with Carson or when I'm with the family or whatever. That's kind of like our time. 
And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get mad or annoyed if you come up and say hi and say that I listen. But, you know, let's make it kind of quick because, you know, I got my family time like you've got your family time. So and I always tell people I heard a story um, about somebody who said, yeah, I saw John Denver. Remember John Denver? Like a like a uh, like a folk singer back in the seventies, and, and and he was huge, and he was so big back then. And even if you don't remember now, just tra- take my word for it, he was a huge deal back then. And they said they saw him eating alone at a restaurant one time. So they went up and they sat with him and they talked to him for forty five minutes. And I remember thinking, what an asshole you are. What a clueless asshole you are. You went up. John Denver maybe wanted to eat alone. Maybe he thought. he, he just Maybe he just got in a fight with his partner. Maybe he just got some really bad news. Or maybe he had a long day and the one thing he wanted was to have dinner alone. Here comes a stranger up to talk to him. Wow. Sorry. What an asshole. That's how I saw it. A couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, the the company had a big listening party out in Burbank, California, Um, and it's the iHeart Theater. It's in the old NBC studios right next door to where Jay Leno did The Tonight Show and right next door to where the original Tonight Show with Johnny Carson ran from like 74 to 92 or whatever. And so anyway, we would listen to music. And then we would write down our thoughts and whatever. And we would, you know, see performances and meet the artists or whatever. And then we would have lunch in like a little improvised cafeteria catering area. And it's one of those things where I don't know a lot of people. I know a few people. So I'd grab my plate and I'd go through the buffet line. I'd get my lunch. And then I'd try to find somebody to go talk to. You can't try to find, you can't find somebody to go talk to. You know how it is. You sit there and you eat alone and you feel a little bit self-conscious and you feel kind of like a dumbass. So I saw this very powerful woman executive and I don't remember exactly who she was, but I remember she worked for one of the big companies and there she was sitting on a folding chair eating her lunch alone. Not because she wanted to eat alone, but because she didn't know anybody that was like that was coming up and talk to her. So I said, I'm not going to let her sit there and feel awkward while I sit here and feel awkward. So I went over and I sat down next to her and I don't know what we talked about, but I could tell that she was very grateful that I had come over and alleviated that sense of God, here I am a big deal, which she was, which she is, and I'm eating alone. So uh, I don't know. I guess I, I would say if you see somebody at a cocktail party or you see somebody at a station or like a, a company Christmas party or whatever, and they're alone, or a neighborhood barbecue and they're alone. Maybe they don't know a lot of people. Hey, go over and talk to them because nobody likes to feel like that. Okay, how did we do on this? Okay, I'm, I promise I'm not going to do a lot of those, but um, uh, this is really cool. I want to see a picture of it. It's called the Roadcaster Pro, R-O-D-E Caster Pro, and I love it. It's just cool to look at. Anyway, Thanks for checking out the podcast. We're going to go ahead and do the music here. We're going to fade this in like we do on the old podcast with a different theme song. And I'll probably load the old theme song into this unit later. But uh, in the meantime, uh, I appreciate you listening. Send me comments to Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. And it's been a long time. It's been a really long time since we've done a podcast. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Uh, Happy holidays. Be safe. And we will see you after the first of the year. Take care.